This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Sablaki and Thomas Fresca, and welcome back to our podcast. Tom, a cheery one today, I would say. A cheery cheery one. one, yeah. I get Well, yeah, a little bit of uh, holiday cheer. We're really going to look at, with the holidays coming up, the gift crazes or the, the fads that took the country by storm. We're going to look at some older ones from like the turn of the century, but also like when like Black Friday started to become a thing and really when um, the real craze started to hit in like the late 70s into the 80s and all the way to today, these like toys that when they hit the market, like people just went crazy for them and um, parents went crazy to try to make sure they, their kids were happy, basically. And created this craze that you see even today. And uh, hopefully you're getting nostalgic about people hearing about some of these. Some of these I know, I mean, when I, when I worked in retail when I was a teenager and stuff, that living through some of these was, was uh, kind of fun in its own way. You know, I miss about holidays and toys because ultimately that's what we're talking about, right? Like yeah. you said, we're going to run through some of the old stuff, but rush through the old stuff really and get into when it becomes like a holiday toy craze, which is really the 70s. But what I really miss is the good old holiday toy catalog. I mean... Amazon is trying to do that thing again. Like they send you a toy catalog and target sends one out target. It's not the same, you know, like I remember getting the Toys R Us one when I was a kid and, you know, and I would sit there and I would get myself like a little marker or a pen and I would just mark off what I wanted, knowing that highly likely, like, you know, I'm not going to get 90% of it, but it was just look, it was almost like looking through the pictures. And actually when I was doing research for this, Sears came out with your first ever yeah, quote unquote that. toy catalog and the Sears catalog when that came out they said that that was like the most desired thing to own in December like it wasn't a toy but they said that it became like a fad because every kid wanted that catalog because that catalog pretty much listed every possible toy that you could get that's good or you know you would want to have at a market so the idea was that it wasn't a toy that was the thing you wanted the most it was a Sears toy catalog and I don't remember the Sears toy catalogs, but I do remember the Toys R Us ones. I mean, oh, yeah. I probably should have saved some. That would have been cool this day and age. But sometimes I see them online, you know, and I'm like on eBay and I'm like, ah, oh, but that, am, I, do I, am I really going to spend $10 for, you know, Toys yeah, R Us 1994 catalog? Yeah, yeah. go through and want, and want the toys that were in there. Yeah. yeah. Christmas and Hanukkah is basically holiday season Hol- of gift giving. Holiday season. Holiday season, yes. So let's, uh, you want to talk about some of the old ones, like some old popular toys and just kind of run through some of them. And- and a lot of the list, a lot of the research it goes all the way back to, I guess we could find this going back turn of the century, around 1919, right? Yeah. Right around that time is where you started seeing a lot of them um, for the first time. Maybe, well, there are toys before this, absolutely. But again, this is when I guess they were starting marketing more towards children. And you knew that too in the 1920s, it picks up when people, when the you know, advertising, based economy, yeah. advertising, like, you know, we have children and they can be like a, a base and parents will want to, they have disposable income, they want to buy things for their kids. So you get start seeing a lot of these things. But one of the first ones was um, that I saw that kind of freaked me out too was the Raggedy Andy dolls in 1920. Oh, man, so freaky, so freaky. Raggedy Andy and, you know, and the brother Raggedy Andy and cartoonist and illustrator uh, Johnny Girl, he basically started publishing these stories. And then the dolls came out. So the same thing. It's what you see later on when you, ha- when you get like Transformers, He-Man, Ninja Turtles, right? You have to, they have some sort of show on TV or in this case it was uh, stories. And the kids want it was a comic the, strip. Yeah, it was a comic strip, basically. Yeah, and the, the kids want the toys, or they want something physical that connects them, you know, with that. I remember being a kid too. You see the movie, go out and saw Batman, right, for the first time. Yeah. And then that that Christmas was all 1989 was all, you know, Batman, Batman Christmas, Batman toys, Batman this, that, Batman that. Batman that's Christmas. what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Well, before that, a couple years before that, it was Transformers. But we'll get to those. But <laughs> Raggedy Andy was one of those ones, and adults like snapped them up so that the kids could have a matching. Um, and an Andy doll set. They were hard to find. They were not easy to get because again, these are all handmade by like. Just, yeah, it's 1920s. I mean. Yeah. So they weren't mass. They were they were produced on a large number. They weren't like mass produced by today's standards at all. You know, I'm looking at these things though, right? Like these Raggedy Andys. I guess that's. I mean, it's in the 1920s. Even that's something you could just sew together. I. I, I mean, I guess I see the appeal. I, again, it was a, it was a popular Christmas thing in the 20s. Another thing that was popular in the 20s, um, for as a kid's toy was a pogo stick. Yeah. Um. Invented actually by a Russian immigrant. And uh, they said they were like the most popular outdoor toy in the early 20s for the first few years. That was like the, the thing you wanted for Christmas from Santa. Um, have you ever actually used a pogo stick? Um, a couple of times. I know my sister used to have a, a couple of them. She was good at it. I didn't really, never really my thing. But um, I could definitely, you know, I'm sure when pogo sticks catch on, then 
broken arms and bruises and all the other stuff probably caught yeah. on too. There's just yeah, no doctors way doctors were that. doctors were excited. Yeah. They're like, okay. They see some of those early pogo sticks, they didn't have like the protection. Like you you look at ones now, they have like the the coil is all like covered in plastic, it's all protected, the handles are different. This was really just like a stick with, with a spring in it and two um like little like things to stand on. That's it. You could see how high you could go and go for it. So yeah. um it's kind of an happened. But, but a lot of the toys back then were like that. But yeah, it was a popular thing because why not? Like it's something that's different. When I look at nineteen twenties, one of the just kind of looking at the series of always popular on Christmas time is electric train sets. Mm-hmm. And some of these things were dangerous. Like you could actually get electrocuted by the nineteen twenties train sets. They were a bit more expensive too. So like that was more of like if you had a train set during that time. I know a lot of uh, research was saying that they were more um, like rich families would have that. So we almost like a stat, you have that going underneath your tree or down or somewhere like that. Those Lionel train sets were expensive. It cost about an average month's salary during that time. Yep. And then, you know, when you move over to the 30s, every time I, see, I think of this, I think of like not just the Great Depression, but really World War II and scrap drives. And that's the radio flyer um, mm-hmm. wagon. Which right? is still around today. It's still, still around, around today. Yep. Yeah. The company and everything. I just know that they, you know, they're still around today. They started manufacturing. The company changed its name to Radio Steel Manufacturing in the 1930s. Yep. And then, um, they were basically making 1,500 wagons a day at one point um, to make sure they could keep up with the crazies. Every kid had one of these wagons. And you, they would just throw their toys in the wagon, throw rocks in the wagon, and just wheel it around. Like, that was just like a big deal. You know? And then put, put their little brother or sister in the wagon, pull them around and stuff like that, go down a hill. Like, it, was a, it was more than just a wagon. They used it for pretty much like – anything they could think of and it could be you know it was a car it was an airplane to them you know it was kind of like you know, it was one of those toys that children could use their imagination with a, a bit more uh with, with these radio flyers and stuff like that so it's it kind of you know, used today yeah, too yeah and this kind of brings me to the next one also in the 30s pedal cars i know like you still have it in your parents garage don't you still have your night rider pedal car i have the old uh night rider uh yeah kit and still works still i believe i think we put batteries oh, in a couple years ago just to see and it's still it still comes on. The light goes back and forth. But yeah, it was old school. Dude, that's a classic. But 1930s. Yeah, 1930 uh, pedal cars. That was like, if you were rich, like that was the ultimate Christmas yeah. gift that you wanted. You wanted the pedal cars. When I look into 1940s, there are a lot of a lot of toys actually for boys specifically that were, uh, you know, kind of around Christmas time that were really advertised were Dick Tracy toys, specifically like the Dick Tracy detective kit. So Dick Tracy's been around since 1931. And by 44... It became really popular because it translated from just a comic strip to a radio show. It's again, it's that merchandising. So they're hearing it on the radio, right? They're maybe reading it in the comic strips before that, and now they can actually play it and be it. And it's that, it's that tie-in, and that's where you're going to see. This is going to get bigger and bigger, and bigger. That's going to be a theme that you can definitely just look at. This is like a history of like marketing podcast or you know course. That's what you'd be looking at. You'd be seeing this evolution of yeah, see, it's a show. It's something out there. And then they want that physical representation of it, you know, yep. to hold that Dick Tracy decoder ring in your hand that they talk about that he used on the, on the radio show is a big deal. You know, it's crazy, though. Like when I think of Dick Tracy, I think of like even when I remember watching because eventually it was a cartoon in the 50s. Right. But the fact that he would like talk to his watch, you were like, whoa, this is so cool. And like I think yeah. of what we have now. Like, yeah. It is surreal. And like how far we've come as a society that like Dick Tracy's stuff that you know, was appealing as a, to a child is now just, just common technology. It's nothing special. Like, here you go. It's, it's really sad. nothing special. Yeah. Really nothing special. It's, it's kind of sad. Uh, 1950s, uh, Viewmasters became kind of big in, um, around Christmas season in 1950s, specifically early fifties. It was originally designed to be a way to look at scenic photo- photography, right. From around the world. But then it became super popular. And then you started getting discs that sort of showing images from Disney movies. And that's when it became a big deal in the early 50s, when you got this Viewmaster and you could like put this like it was like a spinny disc where it had a bunch of little pictures yeah, you in click it. Click it, push it to and level you, down. Yeah, exactly. And that like that was the jam. But I think uh, in 1952 is when you start to get into one of the first like real you know toy crazes. I guess. Toy, that's yeah. You'd be one, of, one of the biggest ones was the first actual the first toy to actually have a actual commercial, which yep. was Mr. Potato Head. And when it was first introduced, uh, I don't know if people know this, it didn't have a body. There was no body included. Nowadays, you have it, you know, the, the backside opens up, right? And you can yeah. put in all the heads and pieces in that. And they make so many different versions now. They have like the Superman one. They have every movie that comes out, there's like a Mr. Potato Head version. I'm sure there's an Avatar one coming out. But it was one of the first true toy um, frenzies. But you had you would use an actual potato, and it just came with its own wacky face components, basically. And um, made over $4 million in sales its first few months after it was launched. 
in 52. And again, these are not necessarily just holiday crazes yet. We'll get to those. The ones that take off just in like at the holiday season. These yeah, are just like December, yeah. kind of just like laying down the, the, the laying down the, the groundwork for that to happen, that there are companies out there now that are just going to make toys. And these toys are going to be connected with something that, you know, is part of cult, pop culture at that time. Yep. This one, uh, this one's also I kind of want to touch upon 1953 because it's a cool story. Matchbox cars, I, mm-hmm. they're still super popular today. I mean, I don't really f- see kids that are like, yo, it's Christmas. I really want a Matchbox toy. But at, at some point it was, and specifically in the early 50s. And the way it was invented was because of a rule at school. Jack O'Dell's daughter, he's the guy that invented the idea of a Matchbox car, was only allowed to bring toys to school that could fit inside a Matchbox. That was the school rule. So Odell winds up producing the little die cast car and sends her to school with him. And all of a sudden, like all these kids are like, this is awesome. And it basically launched as a company. Odell launched it into a company, the Matchbox um, car company in 1953. And that was the biggest seller of, of the year was these Matchbox cars, the most popular. Yeah, they, were really, they were really detailed too for, for what they were. And they spawn off a lot of other companies like Mattel eventually make Hot Wheels. That's a whole other thing. I used to have so many of them. I don't even know where they are, but that was go-to gifts. Now they're like what three dollars, probably. You know, it's like yeah, a, I guess right. Like, some of them are probably more than that. If it's like a something fancier, like a well-known car, like a tie into like a movie or something. They've been coming out with a lot of those like tie-in movie ones. I just saw like a Jeep for um, the Terminator. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and then let's finish the fifties with a thing that probably still is, and it was at least for decades to come for like i said it might still be for a lot of um, people this this ultimate gift and that is the barbie that was first introduced in 1959 and 300,000 barbies were sold just in 1959 i mean this was the biggest 1959 um, christmas gift if you were a little girl you wanted a barbie and i again to this day you could buy barbies that are all kinds of special editions. I mean, I'm sure there's people that still want Barbies for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, well, look, this coming out. I they come out with a Barbie movie. I think they come out with a Barbie movie. I mean, if you want to talk Americana, Barbie's Americana. Whether good or bad, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, unrealistic body types that for girls and, you know, a lot of like the mock Barbie too in, in Kent. But uh, it's part of Americana, this, this Barbie doll. Again, if you have some of ones from the 50s, Remember my mom talking about, oh, I thought she had like the first ever Barbie dolls. And like, you know, she's like, oh, I should have kept those. I'm like, yeah, you should have kept those. Yeah, you should have kept those. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's crazy. Oh, you know, the next next gift, now we're in the 60s. Now, to this day, I think it's still, I mean, it definitely still is a very popular Christmas gift. Not like crazy, like, oh, I need it. But I think of everything I have downstairs that I just bought gifts for people. And there's at least four sets of this. And that's Legos. Legos, Um, yeah. So Legos became extremely popular in the early 60s. And I mean, the toy craze around, I specifically remember being a child and receiving Lego sets for Christmas. Like that was the thing I looked forward to because I knew I was going to get like a bigger Lego set as opposed to like a small one. Like I knew Christmas time's coming. I'm going to get a bigger Lego set. I mean, those things to this day. Yeah, well, especially with the licensing too, they can have a Star Wars Legos and superhero yeah. Legos, and I even saw they have like guitars that you make a guitar. They got guitars. They have the the tree from Karate Kid. Like it's just anything that can be licensed, that can be marketed. Here's a Lego version of it, right? Yeah. So, I have a, have I have a typewriter. I have a Lego typewriter. My wife bought me. I haven't put it together yet, but it's kind of yeah, cool. good luck with that. Probably three thousand pieces. They're all black. Have fun. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, um, we're almost there. We're almost on the seventy. Well, I want, want, Right, one in that's one. We this one was kind of the first toys that were made um, in the late just for the Christmas rush, and that was the um, one that I'm sure a lot of people had uh, the Easy Bake Oven. I know my yep. sister had had one. It was a tiny light bulb that could cook, kind of cook brownies. I remember her making it once because she was so excited, made it, and everyone in the house got sick. I don't think we like cook and cook the, the brownie batter quite right, but I remember everyone getting sick in the house because that's of the Easy Bake Oven. That was it. But yeah, you still make them. One time. You see the pictures of the early Easy Bake ovens. They look like a real oven, like like the metal that made that. They the do. ones now are a little bit different, but yeah, it was yeah, diff- yeah. different. Well, the first one was built in 63. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was designed just for Christmas. Like it was a toy craze for Christmas. Right before Christmas. It was like designed. Yeah. And then another one that was kind of designed around Christmas time, but I mean, I remember the much smaller version of it was the G.I. Joe action figures. These yeah. are the bigger full-size ones. Compliment Barbie. Like these were the boys' version of Barbie. These yep. were the, the larger ones. Yeah. I just I remember the small ones in the, like the '80s, like that was that was my jam. Yeah. Last of all, thing those were made because of the Star Wars toys, the yep. success of the Star Wars toys, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
Yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. All right. Uh, Troll Dolls in the 60s, also a big uh, craze. That yeah, they made a comeback. Big. I remember making a comeback in the 90s, right? Or the late, early 90s, they I feel like Trolls yeah, were big. they did. Right? They were one of the big ones in the mid-60s. And you had Hot Wheels and stuff like that we talked about before were also becoming big. Um, I guess you shoot to the 70s now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to just do one 70s one, and then we're going to get into these yeah, hardcore well, Christmas ones. Yeah. Which one do you think I'm going to go with? Because this is ridiculous. We need to talk about this. What do you think? Um, pr- I think box, I know what you're talking about. This box contains one genuine pedigreed yeah. pet rock. Pet rock. Hey, it's, but this is the pet rock is the ultimate capitalism item. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how am I going to make money? Let me take the box. Let me say this is a pet rock. And I remember, like, not getting it when I was a kid, like, not getting one physically. I didn't want one, but also, like, why would you want that? I knew people always wanted, like, a pet rock. And I was like, why like it doesn't make any sense well, anyway, just, that was the cat the catchphrase was you want it because it doesn't need any care <laughs> like, yeah but it's it just the best didn't make pet. It. but people are actually buying pet rocks like i i don't know it, it was one of those things i just didn't couldn't register in my like you know like six seven year old mind and even now it's like why would you do that but hey you know what it's capitalism you're making money they made money yeah. they made more than a, they sold more than a million units in 1975 is it insane uh, at almost four bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, it was three ninety five so. <laughs> for a rock. <laughs> they I sold all, they sold over a million of them. I can't. I can't. All right, so now we're in the seventies. We're getting close to stuff. Uh, right, Seventy well, seven. Let's get into uh, let's get into right, so the real toy. The craze. first, the first, yeah, the first real toy craze, right? Which was basically, like we said, in nineteen seventy seven, and it was the what basically happened. What else came out in seventy seven was the movie that you know changed Peter's life in every way possible. Yeah, and, uh, even though you weren't alive yet, right? But that was Star Wars. Okay, so Star Wars comes out. It's a big hit. No one really be- – and obviously people have heard the stories. The, the, the movie comes out. It's a big hit. People didn't really realize how big of a hit the movie was going to be. George Lucas kind of took a gamble, right, Got took less money, but said I, he, I'm, he, he wants the money from the merchandise, which was something that didn't really happen a lot before Star Wars. Like there wasn't really movies that released toys with it. I think there was a couple of James Bond movies, right? That they yep. started trying to make toys for, but it, they kind of caught on, but not really. You had like Lost in Space, but there wasn't. You didn't really have these like big blockbuster movies that then had toys that combined with them. But that all changes after Star Wars, where, uh, particularly you had these movies that were being made. But what happened was the toys were not ready to come out yet, and it was right before Christmas. You know oh well, I mean? this, like, so all right. So when you talk about Star Wars, we actually have to mention the fact that there actually wasn't enough yeah, Star like Wars said, toys. There wasn't. There too. wasn't enough Star Wars toys. They didn't even have them. They knew that, and there was no way to get the production made in time. So what they did was something that we kind of talked about earlier. They put a catalog out, and what you would do is you would pay for the toys now, and you were promised you would get them later. And yeah. that was kind of like like the thing. It didn't really catch on, believe it or not, much because when kids would open up on Christmas Day, it would be this little piece of paper that said, oh, look, you're going to get Darth Vader. I think it was seven or eight. I mean, I know, Star Wars people are going to come after us for this or not, not knowing the exact number. But it was um, a certain number of them that you got. And you got, it was the main characters. But you had to wait. I think the, I don't think they would be – they got them until like February. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a cardboard. It was like a cardboard. cardboard like, it was like a out, board. Yeah. And then they would eventually be mailed to you, I think. Um Maybe Milty once the figures were made because they just literally did not think this movie was going to be popular enough. Like they did make some of the toys and those were sold out right away. But now that when the Christmas crave came in and Kenner was like, Kenner was a toy company. They were like, we need to, we, if we lose Christmas, we lose the whole year. Like that was like, that's how they made their money. So they had to have something and they, they put this together, but they were obviously ready for it years later when Empire Strikes Back comes out. They had all the toys ready. It was like a huge success, a huge hit. But the main things with those toys that we talked about a little bit earlier was they made them, what, three and a quarter inches, which was really becomes a new standard action figure size. That's what G.I. Joe will also do. We'll copy that size because that's where they could make them that size. They could go into like their X-Wings and Millennium Falcons and stuff like that. But to say that it was like a craze, like you literally could not find them. And so parents just were like, well, we need to find, I need to get this toy for my kid. But literally the toys did not physically exist. So I said, mean, look well, at it, look at it, look at us. I mean, with the Star Wars, when the Star Wars was released or when the prequels came out, I remember trying to go get the, I mean, I was a, I was a grown up, and I'm like, oh, I got to get the toys, got to get the toys. And I would like run to the store. Like I literally remember leaving like my classes in college to go to Toys R Us. I probably shouldn't be admitting this. 
to try <laughs> to get like the Anakin Skywalker toy because I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be worth a lot of money. I'm going to get it. And you know, like I have it, but like it's really not worth a lot of money now. Like, no, I'm no, like, no, yeah, I bought it probably for like five dollars. It's worth like ten now. And, you know, this was twenty Maybe, years ago, yeah. but but to me, it was you know it was still that from childhood. This idea of like, well, if I don't get it, they're not going to have them. And for you know, actually, it was very hard to get the Star Wars toys. But I mean, even when the new ones came out, the new trilogy came out, like we were grown men, Tom, right? And we were like, "Hey, dude, did you get the Ray? I got it. I got a couple. I got one for you too." Like, I remember yeah, like you would go. I remember that. I remember that the Ray because they didn't. They just well, that was the whole like they just didn't make a lot of the female toys, and they also didn't want to like show the fact that she was going to have a lightsaber or something. So it was like yep. a weird thing. So yeah, but yeah, it's like hard yeah. to find, and you've never seen the prices, and, the, and then it just obviously dropped out because now you. I don't, I'm sure you can get them anywhere, but yeah. But it, I mean, you know, people still do it. It's still a thing of running because of this idea, and especially since oh, yeah. the the newest trilogy, the Star Wars, the latest, I should say, Star Wars trilogy, also came out around the holidays. So it was the same thing. It's like go, 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 and yeah, they do this on purpose. They know what they do. But yeah, so it's marketing. They've learned this from like those who you know, they're saying those who not learn from history are doing to repeat it. In this case, they're repeating it because it was profitable. Yeah, you know, they're doing this because it's profitable. You know what gets me though? How come Indiana Jones toys there was no such thing like that Star Wars had? You know what I mean? Like you would think it was also a George Lucas I, property. Yeah, well, it made, it made toys, but it just but I guess it's more that Star Wars has that so many characters, that cast of characters. It's not just it's and they have like those like crazy scenes in the movie. You know, you can actually buy mm-hmm. the Adat Walker. You know what I mean? That actually yeah, yeah. that actually walked. You know what I mean? You could have like you could reenact the battles. So you can kind of reenact the movie. What are you going to do? You don't you don't need if you need a Jones, you get Indiana Jones and you get a rock, you can act out the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's a little bit different than that. You could get what, a pet rock. What, you could get a pet rock. There you go. Get a pet rock, you get Indiana Jones, now, now you're all set. That's all you need. Now we're all set. You know what I mean? The other one, you need Dark Vane, you need Stormtroopers, you get another Stormtrooper, you know, stuff like that. So So I let's uh let's right, let's finish up the seventies. I feel like finishing up the seventies was something that is still uh, I mean, obviously not this exact thing, but it's still a very popular Christmas present to this very day, as there's people out there right now, perhaps that are listening to this podcast that are looking to get their kids or themselves a PS5, which has been like the one item has been like ridiculous for the past two years. I mean, I literally got mine last year uh, for my kids for Christmas. I had to meet some guy at a police station, like, you know, open his trunk. It's because <laughs> you're still trying to get that video game yeah, system, sure, that elusive uh, little, little, video game system. Little. A little odd there, Pete. A little odd. Well, you know, that's why I said let's beat at a police station, you know. <laughs> but um, Atari, I mean, 1979, uh, it came out in 75, um, but it really took off in the late 70s. And by 1979, it was the hottest toy you could get around Christmas time. It was the Atari video computer system. And, you know, I love this because whenever you look at the art on those cartridges, it's like so oh, yeah. cool. It's like, oh, it's going to be such yeah. a cool game. And then, and then you yeah, put it in and it's like, oh. Well, it kind of looks it kind of looks like what it was well, you know i think yeah. that kind of looks like uh et or whatever it was right that whole thing just yeah, hey, video game system that was the beginning of it and it kind of dies out that's something i guess our future podcast we haven't said that yeah. in a while of how the video game craze really took off and kind of died too like the atari yeah. helped start it but also helped killed it yeah that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast until nintendo comes which will be a little bit later on on the list yeah which we're getting there yeah so 82 so this is the the, the awesome year of 1982 and I only said that because that's yeah. the year we, we were born in. But um, why not? Why not? So BMX bikes, it's actually, this is correlated to the fact that they were f- featured so heavily in E.T., which was a super, super popular movie in 1982. And all of a sudden, kids around country, like the whole country, they just wanted to have BMX bikes. Like you didn't mm-hmm. want your dad's old bike. You wanted a BMX bike. Like you were hoping under that tree, or, you know, or like as you're there that your dad would come out of the garage and be like, here's your BMX bike you know, with a nice big bow on it. Um, I mean, I had a BMX bike. I had a GT Performer um, in like the late 80s, early 90s, and that thing was like the hottest thing around. You know how I knew it was the hottest thing around, Tom? Someone stole it from our garage. That's how I knew it was the hottest thing around. Someone there stole my BMX, bro. I'm jealous of you. Yeah, it's not okay. I'm going to you know, come, come and steal your PS5 later. Too, you know, it, was a, it was a lot of mowing lawns to get that BMX bike. That's the first thing that's ever been stolen from me. I mean, I was a kid. I was like, oh my gosh. And my dad's like, Listen, we can't afford to buy another one. And I was like, it's okay. But clearly it's not because here I am <laughs> 30 years later still talking about it. All right, let's get to the next one, 1983. Still... This is a biggie where oh, everyone's going to know one. Everyone's yeah. This is like you see, you still see um, commercials with it. Like the uh, they always show this toy during the, co- the uh, toy crazes and stuff like that. People flipping out. And that was a Cabbage Patch dolls. These things were like 
super super um wanted what was that movie that came out a couple years just recently was it eight bit christmas or something mm-hmm. like that right with uh neil patrick harris and then isn't that like the, what the girl wants he wants the nintendo the girl wants the uh cabbage, cabbage patch doll yeah something isn't that cabbage patch doll this was a must-have it was the first toy in the list all these they say it actually resulted in fights breaking out you can see these videos of people like fighting for them on the shelves because it wasn't just you need one of the cabbage patch kid you needed to have like a specific type like i need i want the cabbage patch kid with red hair i want the cabbage patch kid with you know blue eyes and stuff like that so they're fighting for these because you've got the, the doll and you i guess they got the like a birth certificate or whatever it was like said so, you know this is the kid you write the kid's name so there's a lot of things really played it was just like a must-have for parents and it was just they just did not make enough of them that came out so it was, it was the same thing like a lot of parents just said listen you'll get one but you're not going to get one until like february <laughs> like yeah. when they're yeah, yeah, more like uh, in, in stock and stuff like that. No, they said that like there was actual riots in stores. Yeah, there were riots. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the videos. They always show around time. They always do like the Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siècle, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts. Recap. Well, let's look at the toys that caused the biggest frenzy. And the Cabbage Patch Kids, I guess, was a big frenzy. Again, I guess we're speaking, you know, you and I were one, so we weren't very old. But they're so popular when we were growing up. And also, we were boys, and you know, just I'm not boy whole girl thing, but you know, wasn't really a toy back in the '80s. Toys were much more gender specific than they were today. And yeah, so it wasn't a big. I remember my sister had even Couch Patch Kids, like later on and stuff, um, Couch Patch Kids toys and stuff like that. But um, yeah, my wife still remembers hers. Like she's like, oh, I still have that. And sometimes she's like, we like see like like our son took his school picture this year i was like wow he looks like a cabbage patch kid like you know you just people just know what that's about however for us yeah the cheeks and the freckles well for us it was the next year yeah yeah go ahead go ahead Uh, i'll let you well again this was transformers okay which toys r us has actually come out and said um it was the um greatest selling toy franchise of all time right was the transformers and also creates a huge huge um craze during this time uh, they produced their base of robots, right? Could turn into cars, planes, all those other things, even cassette tapes. And the fever just took over and it became a really popular toy also right around Christmas time that year. It's actually they released um, some extra ones. Like there was like the next wave of Transformers came out. And again, people just, you couldn't get enough of them because what it was was they like, oh, I have the, I have Optimus Prime, but now I need Megatron or I have... I have the, I want the jet. I want the cassette player. So it was like, you had to find a specific one. So they were very smart about that. It was, you know, you, you could, you needed the whole set. That was one of the first ones that you had a whole, you know, you have to collect, you have to get all of them so they can have these like, you know, battles and stuff like that. And it was just the heavily sought after Christmas one. You didn't have riots. I'm sure you might've had some individual <laughs> ones. It wasn't quite the crazy. It's like the, some of the other ones that are going to pop up later, like the couch patch dolls, but it was definitely like a popular one. And I remember, again, for that Christmas, I was too young, but I remember getting Transformers later on. And I it was still like, you know, like one of my greatest Christmas memories ever, opening up and getting, you know, Optimus Prime and Nintendo the same year. I think it was like Christmas 88 or whatever it was. I remember my mom has like a picture of it somewhere. So I was just like flipping out because it was like, ah. Oh. Did you see they just came out with Optimus Prime Lego set? That's like huge for adults, like 18 and plus. But yes, I like, did see that. I did see that. Yes. It's well, like I did $300. Get the, I got a weird look from my wife when I ordered and it came in the mail the other day, the Optimus Prime Christmas edition, which is just basically Optimus Prime with a candy cane uh, blaster. No, oh, that's cool. And his, uh, and his trailer his trailer's painted all Christmas colors. The kids love it. Wife yeah. was not so crazy when I put it that's, underneath the Christmas tree. as like by the train set. But, uh, that's, cool. that's cool. That's cool, though. It, it, was, one of, it was what it was. Uh, this, uh, this next one, <laughs> just gonna move on uh, until you, you know, unless your wife listens to this, then you'll be in trouble again. Uh, 1985, the Teddy Ruxpin, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, so. Well, you had Care Bears. You had Care Bears. Was, oh, was, how did I skip it, Care Bears? You can't skip Care Bears. Well, we'll get into the Bear Craze. So 85 and 86, right? 85 mm. was a Care Bears. Again, you know, it was number one TV show at the time. Number one um, TV show of the 80s uh, during that one year. Um, these Care Bears, they basically just what bears with like, things on their stomach right like mm-hmm. whatever it was you know sleepy bear champ bear and stuff like that 
And um, they became really the kind of movie. Their movie came out in 85. So it's, again, you've seen that tie-in with, 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 with um, a movie or other merchandise. And they're just these like plush bears. And it was on pretty much the top of every Christmas wish list, not just in the United States. They started tracking it by this point. And they found out this was actually something that was worldwide, that kids around the world, the number one asked for gift that year worldwide was a Care Bear. Yeah. Which was crazy. Thing. Again, you're seeing this, that how like, this global influence now you're seeing on things. It's not just what's going on in the United States. It's worldwide at this point. And then 86 is when Teddy Rustman come out. Did you ever have a Teddy Rustman? I did not have one. I knew kids who had one. I didn't, but they said this was such a hot toy. It actually came out in 85, but you couldn't get it. It was sold out for Christmas. So you were like the hero parent. 86 became the Christmas toy. A year later, it was still the top Christmas toy because from the year prior, people just couldn't get it. It was basically a tape recorder. It was basically a tape recorder inside of a teddy bear, right? But like the, yep. the eyes would move and the mouth would move. He would read you stories and stuff. I think there was a cartoon too. I want to say there probably was a cartoon or something oh, like probably. that. But it, but it was synchronized. It was like a big thing. Like again, but our technology of today, this is nothing. But for the, in 1986, this was like, oh my God, if they can do this, they can do anything. You know, like I know, it's you know, what, what happened just a couple of weeks ago. Then they talk about the scientists just successfully um, – did some form of nuclear uh, fusion, right? Yeah, I, I did, that, that was all over the news. Right, yeah. I did it for the first time ever. You know, it's like the beginning. But for if you were a kid in 86 and you saw a Teddy Ruxpin, you're like, oh my God, this thing is a lie. Like, it's like changing <laughs> lives, you know? So it's, it was kind of similar to that. Like, it was just that. That's funny. talk to him, look at you and everything like that. Crazy. Uh, 87. Um, and again, we don't have to, we could skip some years, but like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the biggest ones. 87, Nintendo came out, and that was like oh, revolutionized. That was, yeah. that was it was 87, wasn't it? I got 87. I thought it was, I got 87. 87. Oh, snap. Oh, we got to go to our fact checker. We don't have a fact checker. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm pretty sure it was 87, dude, but I, 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 it's just my 87 is fine. 87, all right. 88. All right. So um, I, I, I got it. I got it in 88. I know for a fact that I got it in 88 because I have a picture that actually says Christmas 88. And there I am with my Nintendo. Right. And and I was like super excited. So it wasn't even something I even thought we were going to get. And it just like was there, you know, crazy. It it came out like a decade after the Atari pretty much. And like, it's saved the video game system because you would get it. And it was world, we're getting worldwide and you get Super Mario Bros. And you got Duck Hunt. So you got two games in one, right. You got like the controllers and the blaster and it was just like the best thing. It became a household name. And like Nintendo, I remember a couple of years, it was last year, the year before, I got the Switch for my son. In fact, finally, he's old enough to get the Nintendo Switch. And that's this year, he's all he wants for Christmas is just video games. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I, mean, she got, I don't care what video game dad, just give me some, I just want video games. That's right. awesome. Well, we talk oh, about video okay. games. So like, see, like Nintendo for me, I don't know. I don't, I never had a Nintendo, right? But I did have the 1989 hottest toy in the summer. I mean, summer in um, Christmas time. And that's the Game Boy. Parents Game did. Boy. You never had a Game Boy? Oh, see, I never had a Nintendo, but I had a Game Boy. Maybe because my parents just didn't want me to take up the TV. It was like, go play in a corner. I never wanted one. Uh, but I still yeah. have pictures of like, you know, like the good old 10-year-old me playing uh, Game Boy. It released in 89. It was bundled with probably one of the most famous puzzle games of all time called Tetris. Oh, that was part uh, of it too. Was that fact that anyway, got yeah, and that's what basically yeah. sold the Game Boy. It was because yeah. it came with Tetris. It sold 35 million units just in 1989 so i had my game boy i had my little game boy carrying case like that was the jam it's kind of how we how we rolled in 89 it was the biggest toy it was the biggest toy in 89 it became nostalgic i know my wife found her old one didn't even work i know we tried to make it work remember i was like come on we can make this work work. someone bought it for like 80 bucks like like she just was like does someone want this guys i'll give you 80 dollars for it she's like it doesn't work he's like i don't care (laughs) like it's like sure (laughs) like that's probably what yeah, more should, than it cost like back then. But yeah. Seriously, I you know I should tell my wife that's what I want for Christmas this year. I want, I want the original. And like I gave mine away to like one of my nephews somewhere down the line when I was you know I was a teenager. I'm like I don't need this. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, you know, I, I got I this, Game yeah, Boy Advance yeah. now. I have Game Boy Advance. Yeah. I have PSP. You know, like dang it, should have kept the Game Boy. Yeah. All right, so we don't so we don't jump through every year, but I mean the next year is kind of a known one, right? I don't mean yeah, I don't have you, to go every year, but go Ninja Turtles. No, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do this one. Yeah, this one's kind of like you know getting closer to heart, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, big, the big one was Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was, and I remember that year I got. Um, I can't believe I even, I'm actually remembering what I got these years. But I got the uh, myself and all my cousins. We all got the Ninja Turtle uh, the party van. That was like a big thing. I remember again. It was what you talked about before that catalog, Pete. We looked in the um, Sears catalog, and it was there. 
I remember my grandma trying to be like, you know, slick about it and she's ordering it on the phone. You just have to call in. Never imagine that. You call yeah, the number yeah, yeah. catalog like, I'm going to order number A752, the Ninja Turtle Party Van. Give me three of them. You know what I mean? That's, that's what you would do. But it, it, it was huge. And people, they, um, obviously Ninja Turtles, and, you know, I'm not going to get into details of it, but um, you, they were actually flying off the shelves faster than people could, they could supply them. Like, they actually didn't have enough of them um, in toy stores because they were selling out that fast. Again, because you had comic books first, but then the big thing was the cartoon. When that cartoon yeah. came out, and then people were trying to, like, you know, um, do the rest with the, uh, one of the kids want the toys. That they yeah. wanted. And it was the four turtles and you had the you know master splinter and then everything else and people want them you just couldn't you couldn't find them you couldn't find that one they wanted you know like oh i wanted leonardo you want donatello you know you just it was hard to get all of them anybody had to get the whole set because you need you can't have the turtles if you have if you don't have all of them yeah uh also in the 90s a, a big one especially for younger kids was barney when barney came out in 1992 um they said that, you know, it, it, it just took the world by storm, especially for the little kids. Everyone's like, I love you. You know, like I remember making fun of that, but and the merchandise sold like crazy, especially that first oh, yeah, year, it, like it, early 90s. It, it, it was a it was a cash cow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100 percent. But uh, also this was uh, this was something that I always wanted. And I remember like my parents saying, why you don't need this. And, and I only really wanted it because Kevin McAllister had it. And that was the 1993 talk boy. Um which basically, yeah. I feel like I feel it's like recorded. the whole movie was an ad for to talk boy for that one, yeah, yeah, right? Home Alone too. Home Alone, um, yeah. All it is, it's basically a, a you pop the tape in it, it record. It's a it's a recorder. It's a voice recorder that slows down your voice so it alters your voice. That's ultimately all it was. Um, but it was I do want to, yeah. yeah. Hey, what's up, Super Bob? I want to skip a little bit to '95. Beanie Babies, which apparently right now they're not really worth as much as people think. Yeah, they people, well, some be worth. were at the time. Some they were saying this one's going to be worth, this one's going to be worth. But yeah, but Beanie Babies, I remember with Beanie Babies, my sister having a lot of them. Um, basically, the first ones were like um, like a stuffed lamb and stuff like that called Lovey that got discontinued, and then he, they told him because the toy were retired, and that's what was driving up demand. So people were buying them because oh, this, they're only going to make them for so long. And then just go up and they started making beanie babies for everything. I remember having like the Yankee beanie babies, like the whole, like the whole team. Like here's a Tito Martinez yeah. beanie baby here. You know, and it was that sort of stuff. And, um, and you started seeing them like everywhere and the value did start to go up. But then of course, like anything else, it kind of like that bubble kind of burst because then there's so many being produced and then people kind of realize, why am I going to spend thousands of dollars for a little teddy bear? This one's purple. This one's red. Like, what's going on? Yeah. But there are some that are still valuable today. There are a bunch that are valuable, I know. Well, you talk about valuable. It is the next thing that became so well, big in crazy. the 90s that it literally brought crazy. back, like, yeah, Cabbage Patch Kids style. Like, people were fighting, fighting. in their stores, yeah. fighting yeah. to get this. Yes. And what are we talking about, Tom? That is, well, it's kind of, like, creepy when you think about it now. You have to see one, <laughs> but that's a, t- that's a Tickle Me Elmo. Yes. And this thing... Again, was crazy. So it was a doll, and again, they didn't really realize when I say they, the manufacturers, it was going to take off. Elmo was around a long time before this, but this one, you know, you, you pushed a button, and it kind of like laughed and stuff like that, and it would laugh more and you tickled it, and it actually hit shelves in July of 1996. It didn't sell well at first, but what kind of took it off is Rosie O'Donnell used to have a TV show, and she featured it on her show in like late October. And then it just skyrocketed. So it, the toy was around before, and they kind of stopped making it. It's kind of like, oh, we had its production run. You know, it didn't do well. It's like it's going to be like a summer toy. You know, it's Sesame Street. It made money, but it didn't think of anything like nuts, right? But then it, yeah. after it was on her show, it took off, and people wanted it. It's just like late, late October, early November. The reruns, kids see it. It becomes this huge sensation. And people were trampling each other to get one. Um, it was They were selling out in minutes. Um, people were like, Fighting to they, they get one like we said they were calling places uh, driving hours in one direction for a home so maybe maybe you can get one I remember seeing like on the news people would be like waiting outside for like six hours then the stores like we only have four and there's like the line is like you know hundreds of people deep like what do you think is going to happen it's nuts you know but you've seen this proud scout the price this is really when you started seeing you saw it with couch patch kids too I'm sure. But you definitely saw it tickle me Elmo a bit more, but like the price gouging, right? Like you were talking about meeting well, the some next, guy in the, in the back and then, alley yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Because the next new thing, really same thing. With tickle me Elmo. Well, a lot of the next couple ones, yeah. Yeah, it was like talk about price gouging. So the next two in the 90s that became huge, and actually I remember having them. One was the Tamagotchi, right, in 97. And the other one was Furby, which is also Furby, made. Furby, I remember. Yeah. Furby, my, my son has a Furby still. Like now, like it's funny. We went like to like an antique used 
uh, toy store. And he saw and he's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, dude, it's this Furby oh, thing. So he's like, what is it? I'm like, it's a, it's a Furby thing. He's like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. So then he touched it. He picked it up and the thing woke up. Well, now the eyes are digital. So like back in the wow. day, they were still like, so now the thing like wakes up and it starts talking, like purring and stuff. And my son's like, what the heck is this? I'm like, yo, it's a Furby. So no, can I, I have never- it? What like, I remember about the Furbies is that I used to. This is that's when I started working. Like I got my first job. I was working at like I think a Kmart, and we would get Furby. People would come in all the time. Yo, you have Furbies. I need a Furby. I need a Furby. And the Furbies would come in. But I remember unloading the trucks, and we would have to call the manager. Like, yeah, we got like a, two boxes of Furbies. Maybe it was like six in a box, right? And we had a we had to escort them. A cop came. Like the security guy came in, and we had to walk the Furbies up to the manager's office, put them in the safe, and close and lock the safe. Oh and my only the, god! And only the manager knew. It. We're like, what? What's going on? And so people were coming back. Like, I know you got Furbies. I'm like, I don't know how we knew you got Furbies. But we, I think at first we were telling people, yeah, we got like a we got like two boxes. And then there's like, do not tell anybody that we have Furbies because they were already like promised, you know, like I guess friends, family, and stuff like that. And then people would come at like, and then the manager would come down at the end of the night and like buy the Furbies himself <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, well, he probably like sold them out of the back. Oh, he's of his probably car. They said they were high demand. They pushed the prices. It was like a twenty dollar toy. They were selling for more than hundred dollars at Christmas. Yeah, hundred bucks. Everyone wants. Everyone wanted Furby, but that was also what happened was that when I remember that they kind of like the media kind of made this into a freight into like a crazy thing. It was Kamigachi. Like, oh, what's going to be the next Tickle Me Elmo? That's always what it is now. What's going to be the big the big toy craze? So they kind of made the Furby into that, and every kid wanted a Furby. Uh, I remember I did. I remember it was just like okay, crazy, but like people went crazy for them. And like I remember see I remember being at the store where people were trampling trying to get them. I'm like we don't even have them. <laughs> I remember oh, the other guy that used to sometimes say like, "Oh my god, we got Furbies in," just to like see people's reaction. And then people were like cursing them off and stuff like that because they were just like they just wanted Furbies. That is nuts. Like, it, 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 it was it was it was crazy. Yeah, that seems a little excessive. The Tamagotchi, which came out within the same time, I remember, you know, it's like a keychain. It basically key starts chain, off yeah. with an egg. It's an egg, and then it becomes like this little animal, and you have to feed it once in a while. And if not, it dies. It often died, but it was like a big deal. Um, the biggest toy, actually, um, it became the toy of the year in the United States in 2000 was the Razor Scooter. And yeah, apparently, like, 7 million of them were sold in the year 2000. Like, that was the go-to gift was a razor scooter and they're still popular today but i assume now everything's you know e-electric you know the kids don't want to uh, yeah, have to use a real scooter one. anymore right we still see those i remember seeing in um college like college campuses right people with yep. the scooters and stuff that we were right around we were right around in college at, at that time yeah give or take and i remember seeing people like i mean like am i just gonna throw a stick out and watch it fall like that's what i wanted to do i don't know i was i think if i was being like a mean kid at that point <laughs> i was like why are you racing around like a like the campus campus on a scooter? and i guess it makes sense i get it you know you got to get to class whatever and whatever i was just like i was always tempted to just like throw a rock or like a stick in front of them and just like watch them like fall i never and did I, it i never did it was good uh, you know what gets me like when the, the more into 2000s I go with toy crazes and what's popular for kids, the more you start to see the influence that technology really has yeah, yeah. on getting into what it means to be a kid. It's kind of sad. I mean, in 2004 was the Robo Sapien. I remember this thing. Uh, we actually had one of those from the Furby craze was like your first robot. But in 2004, you had this like robot that could pick things up and yeah, he like, could move around and walk. Yeah. Yeah, he could walk, he could pick things up, he could turn, he could talk. And it became this like super must-have toy for Christmas in 2004. And then shortly thereafter, if you start looking at the technology, 2005, the one thing you wanted was the Xbox 360. People waited literally outside all night just to get it. Um, and if, right after 2006, same thing with PlayStation 3. I remember I got a mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 because I went with our mutual friend Oliver. I went to help him get a TV and he was getting a Sony TV. This is 2006 around Christmas time. And um, he gets the Sony TV and the manager comes out and he's like, well, because you spend this much money on the Sony product, uh, we actually have two PlayStation threes if you're interested in buying it. And Oliver was like, no, I don't want that. Like, why would I want that? And I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm with him. I drove him here. Can I buy it? <laughs> the manager was like, "Well, as long as he like he pays for it, and then you could pay him back." I'm like, "Oliver, we're buying PlayStation 3. and like it was like five hundred, six hundred dollars. It was a lot of money uh, in 2006. I remember calling at the time. You know, this is like I just got married like a month before, so I called my new wife, and I'm like, "Can I get a PlayStation 3? She's like, "No, why?" I'm like, "Please, that's all I want this Christmas." I think you remember. I think I remember you calling me too. <laughs> I probably did. I'm like, dude, I should get it right. Like divorce is worth it. Um, 
Anyway, I got the PlayStation 3. And you know what? I still have my PlayStation 3. It still works. still connected in the basement. So all is well. All is um, well. And you had some other ones too, like we said, like the, the fancy technology ones. But then you had the big one was um, a couple years later, right? You had the Wii. Mm-hmm. So again, you're talking about this. And that was so big. People died to get the Wii. Remember that whole contest oh, yeah. when she uh, held in the woman who refused to go to the bathroom for the longest yep. time? They're like holding your Wii for a Wii and she actually died. So they, they actually sold... Um, Thirteen point four million units. All right. Did you see that? It was it was it was sold out around holidays every year, every year yeah, between two thousand six to two thousand eight. So for three years you straight, could not, you couldn't get one. Yeah. Yep. So which was just again, why not? Like it was just it's just all these electronics from this, like Nooks, right? iPhones, um, iPads, um, and that's Elmo, what they mostly are. Yeah. Elmo actually comes back, right? He makes a big one in uh, two thousand eleven. Right. Um, they repackaged elmo and made a uh, let's rock elmo kind of like a teddy ruskin version right he played he played the tambor the tinger the uh tambourine he sung a little bit right well then he got and the big actually, hugs elmo that was another one 2013 yeah, yeah. so again it's geared towards little kids but it still becomes big uh and towards yeah we're getting closer to today but uh you had like 2016 hatchimals that was like a big deal i remember well the big one like- that i think yeah, Hatchimals were a big deal, but I think the big one that, like, kind of, again, it was kind of like they rehashed what happened with Star Wars was the Frozen stuff. Because they didn't, again, Disney didn't think Frozen was going to be, like, this big thing, but it was a, became, like, the most popular movie. Um, and they just didn't have enough of the toys or really Frozen mo- merchandise ready to go outside of Disney World. And all these stories that people basically, like, went to Disneyland or Disney World, bought the Frozen stuff there. And then just sold it back another when they got back to where their home state. And that's what they would do because you just couldn't get it anywhere else. It just wasn't enough of the actual Elsa or Anna dolls and stuff like that actually made yet because they just didn't think it was going to be as big as it was. So you didn't have enough of it. I don't know. What's the biggest toy this year? Did you, did you Google it? I'm kind of curious. What's the biggest? Baby Yoda was big last year. So huh, look at this one. So I saw the, the one that is the biggest this year, or one of the biggest ones. Is actually it's the Stranger Things version of the night of um, Bright Light, Light Bright. Remember Light Bright? Yeah, it was like the thing you put together and like you put together and like you put the little like light bulbs in. You get like a scene and stuff. I remember mine. I had one. And I remember it caught on fire. It burst into flames. <laughs> I remember running downstairs and like, Mom, my Light Bright, my my things on fire. And she was saying, No, it's not. No, it's not. And she came upstairs to my room. And it was like melting. <laughs> She's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I told you. I'm just, you know, it's me. I was like six. I was just sitting there like I didn't care. I was like, this is cool. I got a fire in my room. But I, it just like melted, like exploded. But anyway. Okay. Said, right. So that, they're saying that's going to be, I don't know if that is the biggest toy. I, I, I doubt it. That's what it's saying as one of the big toys this year that they're expecting. But again, it's, just a stranger, like... it's a Stranger Things version. But I think now it's probably all electronics. Like I'm sure it's a yeah, it's going to be like an iPad or something. You know, something. I don't like think they really know until after the fact. But with with how things work now with um, Amazon and online, you can probably get any toy you really want. I was, unless it's like a supply chain issue, which is a whole other story. Yeah. But again, some of these early ones we talked about: the Tickle Me Elmo, the Beanie Babies, the Furbies, obviously the Elsa doll, um, Teddy Ruxpin. These caused Wee's Couch Patch dolls. These caused actual like. Like major mayhem. It caused harm, man. People like, like yeah, got like, hurt. People, people, people got hurt. People died. All like to make their kids happy. So I guess, but they kind of forgot the holiday season. Like the, yeah. I guess the full idea. And again, that's kind of like a you know pie in the sky type of th- type of thinking there. I'm sure. But it's yeah. just one of those things. That I, I've never. I'm so happy as, as a parent. I haven't experienced that. You know, like whatever toy they wanted the most, we were able to get to it for find. them. You know yeah. what I mean? I couldn't imagine that feeling if you know you had a daughter that wanted a Cabbage Patch doll in '84. You yeah. couldn't get one. Like, what do you? Like, what do you do? Like, you know. Oh man. Sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. Why did, Santa, why didn't Santa, Santa doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't Santa get it for me? Well, you know, even Santa says no. Like, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> now you remember uh, that one time you didn't listen. That's why you didn't get the cabbage patch doll. That is funny. Yeah. Right. Let's finish up with this one. Uh, what do you want for Christmas this year, Tom? Me, don't I'm give good. me. Don't just I, don't tell me world peace. Let's be honest. Like if no, no, no. Um, yeah. What do I want for Christmas? Yeah. What do you want? For has Christmas? to be something. Has to be something tangible. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, it's got to be something real. Unless you want like a puppy. I mean, that's real too, obviously. But uh, no, I don't want a puppy. That's that, that's that's no. Too um, much responsibility. I, I don't. You know, I don't. I always say I don't really need anything. Like, I'm kind of good. If, if you want to give me like a million dollars, I I wouldn't mind that. Well, I wouldn't mind having a uh, hundred thousand downloads for our podcast. How's that for for a Christmas? Uh, that's good. That's good. That's not bad. That's a good Christmas one. wish. 
<laughs> you said we said tangible, Tom. Um, tangible. No, no, it's pretty tangible. I think we could do this. No, dude, I just want socks. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, when I got old and, like, my kids, as jokes, as a joke, would always buy me socks for Christmas. And I still do. And, like, I look forward to that now. Like, I'm, like, curious what kind of socks I'm going to get this year. You know, like, it's kind of sad, yeah. right? When, like, I remember wanting G.I. Joe's and video games. <laughs> like, now I'm just, like, I could get all that stuff myself if I want. I just want, like, a nice fuzzy pair of socks. Like, I don't want much. The fuzzy socks. I don't know about the fuzzy socks. Oh, and fuzzy socks those... are the best. Run a house. Oh man, that's sure. whatever. Whatever works for you, Pete. Whatever works. Maybe like a maybe like a new pencil set. And you know, I like to draw a lot, so maybe like a pencil. set. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Isn't it crazy that how works. the older we get, the less we want? It's kind of crazy. And when Probably you're a kid, we you're have... just like, I want everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, even when I was a kid, I was more of like I had that one thing. As long as I if I got that for Christmas, I was like. I'm good. They'd be like, well, you didn't open everything else. I'm like, I, I, I'm good. I got, <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> I got Optimus Prime. I got whatever. I got, I got Batman. I'm all right. That is so funny. So anyway, it's uh, good times. So good memories. Just a little trip back on memory lanes a little bit. Like I said, I remember some of these things, even getting them when I was younger than those years when I worked retail, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. <laughs> I, just, I remember people getting like knocked off like ladders when they were hanging stuff up. <laughs> like people going out to Furbies that tickle me up with all those things. It was, it was a wild time, like being uh, working in retail during the nineties. Like, that was a wild time. Those were the days. Well, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once more to listen to us. Uh, you know, talk about toys. <laughs> that was a fun one. Um, that's good. That's good. So, anyway, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a nice little holiday break um, next week, so you will hear from us the week after. Yeah, we'll see you guys then. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you need to find us, you can find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. We're always there to answer any of your questions or you know listen to any comments you might have. So happy holidays, everyone, and uh, we'll see you guys again in about two weeks. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.